Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this uh, newly revamped uh, edition of the America of America podcast with me, your host, Will Milam. First and foremost, I want to apologize for not uh, getting any new episodes out over the last couple of weeks. My uh, life took a, a good but busy turn, uh, moved back to Oklahoma City, uh, my favorite city here on earth, so I'm very happy to be back. Uh, took some time off between uh, moving from one job to another and uh, spent some time out of the country, so it was just not conducive to recording and releasing podcast content. But I am back and I am hopefully uh, got a more set schedule, which will allow me to plan to record and release these episodes. Today, instead of a closely crafted uh, saga of the 2006 Oklahoma football season, uh, I'm going to, what I'm going to do is to take you through the season between uh, after the Oregon loss and all the way through Oklahoma winning the Big 12 to uh, the lead up to that 2006 Fiesta Bowl, which of course is the is the crescendo of what is the tragic symphony of the 2006 Oklahoma football season. So if you remember from the last time that we talked about uh, the OU football season, we left off with the Sooners loss to Oregon up in Oregon on what was arguably the worst call in the history of college football. A call so bad that virtually everybody acknowledges, including the officiating crew, that the call was incorrect. And not only that, it likely, more than likely, almost definitely changed the outcome of the game. But as we know, uh, football seasons are long and you cannot dwell on one loss. So OU returned to Norman in the next week to face the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Though the Blue Raiders were a lesser team, they had a Butkus Award hopeful, and that Butkus Award is for the best linebacker in college football, as well as a Davey O'Brien Award foot, uh, hopeful, which is the award for the best quarterback. Um, instead of the Heisman Trophy, which is generally given to the best player, the Davey O'Brien Award is uh, specifically for the best quarterback in football. Uh, Oklahoma recovered well in this game. Uh, Malcolm Kelly would break the school record for receiving yards in a quarter, I do not know if this record still stands. I, I have not researched it, but it might, but I really do not know. Adrian Peterson rushed over uh, 100 yards in one half of football, and Paul Thompson threw for 257 yards in three touchdowns. So overall, even though you know it's a lesser team, uh, everybody seemed to have a good day. Unfortunately, in retrospect, uh, the next weekend was the Red River Shootout, um, recently renamed Red River Rivalry, uh, where OU traveled down to Dallas to play Texas and uh, got whomped 28 to 10. Um, I really don't want to dwell on this game because uh, it's just tough memories for me. But in general, if you've ever get the chance to go watch the Red River, Red River Rivalry down in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl Stadium, uh, go. It's one of the uh, in my opinion, most electric atmospheres in all of college football, which uh, I think has some of the most electric atmospheres in all of sport. Um, the only highlights of this game was that OU actually led 10 to 7 at halftime, but was outscored 21 to 0 in the second half. Uh, Texas, uh, you know, adjusted better at halftime and played in the second half. And Adjusting at halftime, we were recording this on Sunday, September 25th, the day after you lost to Kansas State. 
So adjusting at halftime has been it's been big in the brain. But like I said, we're not going to dwell on that loss because the next week, OU got to play Iowa State, who, if you remember anything from the 2000s, uh, Iowa State was was not, uh, they were not the team that they are now under Matt Campbell. Um, OU 3-2 uh, and two, returned to Norman to play Iowa State, uh, and the Cyclones were 3-3. Three and three. Um, Not a lot to really uh, discuss. OU won this game comfortably, but the one thing we do have to discuss was huge uh, for the rest of the season, which was Adrian Peterson suffered a broken collarbone in the fourth quarter after diving into the end zone for a touchdown. So our greatest, uh, arguably greatest running back in the history of the program. Actually, I think it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, I think, set that Adrian Peterson is the best running back in the history of this program got hurt. So the next week, uh, the Sooners welcomed the Colorado Buffaloes to Norman. Um, if you remember, I know Colorado uh, does not have a great football tradition right now, but if you remember in the late 90s and early 2000s, uh, Colorado actually had a very, very good football team. As late as 2001, Colorado had won the Big 12, uh, but 2006 was not their year. Uh, they were playing under a first-year head coach. In the 1990s, OU had actually lost nine straight games to Colorado, which remains the the school record for the most uh, most losses in a row. Colorado uh, had recorded its first win of the entire season in the previous week from showing up to Norman. And though the Sooners would win this game 24 to three, the standard performance from uh, the standout performance, excuse me, was from our defense, our Brent Fedables defense, which held Colorado to 113 total yards through four quarters. And the only uh, the only thing that saved Colorado from getting shut out was a late game field goal by an unknown kicker named Mason Crosby. If you know anything about uh, the NFL, Mason Crosby is the longtime uh, career kicker for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Sooners would travel again the next week in their first road, true road game since uh, the Oregon game to go up to Columbia, Missouri to take on Gary Pinkle's Missouri Tigers. Uh, Missouri, this was a, this was a game that we were not sure we could win. Missouri was ranked 23 in the nation and was seven and one at the time of this game and had won eight consecutive games at home. Uh, and remember again, OU, uh, did not have Adrian Peterson at this point. Uh, the Sooners would win this game 26 to 10, uh, with an outstanding performance by the Brent Venables defense and a terrible performance from the Missouri Tigers quarterback, Chase Daniel, who threw three interceptions. But Chase Daniel really won at the end because he is laughing all the way to the bank. Now, uh, the Sooners' road performance would continue uh, the next week on November 4th when OU would travel again, this time to College Station, to go play the Texas A&M Aggies at Kyle Field. Like Missouri, uh, Texas A&M was actually very good in 2006, and the Aggies were 8-1 and one going into this game. Historically, OU did not fare very well in College Station, with the major exception being uh, the 2003 game, which was an absolute blowout if uh, you know anything about uh, early 2000s OU sports. OU led 14-3 after one quarter, but failed to score a touchdown for the rest of the game. 
Uh, neither quarterback performed well, and Alan Patrick, now the starting quarter, uh, starting running back, excuse me, sprained his ankle. But OU miraculously held on for a 17 to 16 win. The next two weeks saw OU record wins over Texas Tech and Baylor, where the new freshman Chris Brown, uh, replacing the injured uh, Adrian Peterson and the injured Alan Patrick, became the primary ball carrier. Uh, and but Chris Brown would perform well, and Paul Thompson uh, on one of these games would record 300. Or, uh, excuse me, in both of these games would record passing yards for over 300 uh, over 300 yards. Which, uh, if you can remember back in those days, that was a lot of yards to throw in one game. Uh, in late November, uh, the boys would pile up in the bus and drive to Stillwater to play the Bedlam game. And at this point, OSU was six and five. It was Mike Gundy's second season after the part after the departure of Les Miles to LSU. This game was significant in the fact that it would decide uh, the Big Twelve South champion um, and who would go to uh, the Big Twelve championship in Kansas City that next weekend. If you remember, um, OU had lost to Texas, which. Uh, it would mean that um, at this point, OU and Texas were tied for the Big 12 South title. And Texas had the tiebreaker over OU, but OU, had, that was their only loss in conference play. And Texas had recently lost to Texas A&M, meaning that if Oklahoma won Bedlam, then they would break that tie. By them, I mean the Sooners would break that tie and go to the Big 12 championship. And that's exactly what OU did. It was a very close game uh, in the afternoon, uh, 27th, 21. Alan Patrick coming back and having a very, very good performance. This meant that Oklahoma would go to the Big 12 championship uh, that next week in Arrowhead Stadium. So on December 2nd in Kansas City, which, oh my gosh, that sounds cold as all hell. Uh, Oklahoma would face the Big 12 North champion, who is the traditional Big 12 North champion, uh, Nebraska. Uh, that's another rivalry that deserves its own podcast series. For such a storied rivalry, this was actually the only the fourth time, I believe, that OU and Nebraska would face off in a neutral field, uh, the other time being in the 1979 Orange Bowl, or excuse me, one of the other times. OU would actually win this game uh, fairly comfortably, twenty-seven or excuse me, twenty-one to seven, uh, but going up fourteen to zip in the uh, in the in the first quarter, and never really uh, Nebraska never really coming in to striking distance. This would guarantee Oklahoma's uh, invitation and acceptance to the uh, two thousand and seven this two thousand six season, but this would take place on. New Year's Day, the 2007 Fiesta Bowl. If you remember anything about what college football was like before, uh, before the college football playoff, it was run by the BCS. In which case, there were the uh, BCS bowls. Um, one of those bowls being the Fiesta Bowl, traditionally where the Big 12 champion would go if the Big 12 champion did not make the national championship. So this was the most high-profile bowl that the Sooners could have hoped for. Uh, very impressive performance considering the 
just litany of of uh, scandals and litany of problems that went on in the 2006 season. And next week, we will examine that game because that OU Boise State game would turn out to be one of the great games ever played in college football. And I know I said next week, I think next week we're actually going to be talking about, we're going to be back to talking about Cherokee removal and the Trail of Tears. But the week after that, we should be here to talk about the Boise State game. And with that, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. And I will see you then. And as always, this is the America of America podcast. And I'm Will Milam. And I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.